0: Good morning and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and our toll free number, 800 592 The physical delivery of wealth insurance, gold and silver. It is what we do. Nobody does it better than we do. The website at allamericangold.com. Uh, and remember, all those articles and videos, most of the stuff that's out there, we don't even get to on this show. Uh, don't forget about the medals program. We actually had uh, one last one that went out today because they, they were looking for uh, some platinum, and I finally got some and sent it out, so they they are done. Uh, this is October, so if you want to sign up, get get into the new quarter program. For as little as $100 a month, there is no maximum. You can do as much as you want. $100, $200, $500, $1,000, whatever it may be. You tell us the day of the month, first through the 28th. We hit your card. You get four physical deliveries a year. All the details are out at allamericangold.com. Check that out. It's, a, it's just a great program. It really, really is. It's one of those things where, you know, we've had people in it now for years, and it just keeps piling up, piling up, piling up. And, and I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it adds up, and it adds up pretty quick. Speaking of up, gold's up, silver's up, oil's up. Uh, the Dow's up for right now. We'll see how it finishes. Bond yields we're spiking again. They cool. They hit a new fresh high this morning. Uh, the 10-year note uh, went above 3.25. Uh, then a bunch of Fed governors came out trying to trying to rein it back in. Uh, we have an update. Uh, matter of fact, in the next segment, we're going to play a little bit of Jim Cramer. Uh, for those that watch the idiot box, uh, he's a guy I like. He's a personality uh, and he's passionate. Uh, he's giving you one of the. I've been telling you, and, and sometimes I like to give you uh, other people that are saying it because you know what? Most of the time they don't say it. So when they do, and I hear it, I want you to hear it. Uh, so he and he's talking about. Listen, we know what's coming. The slowdown is here. I find it interesting. They talk, uh, you know, the last few days I've been hearing about. Oh, China's slowing down. China's slowing down. We are too. Sorry. But, but it's true. Uh, but there's been a big shift, according to Jim Cramer this morning, in soft data points. So that's going to come up. Uh, Goldman Sachs says that they are now going to be cautious on consumer lending, saying that the consumer now is a, uh, starting to appear to be tapped out. And, of course, let's face it, you got to buy at higher rates, right? So you, the, the payments are higher. And now Goldman's like, ah, I don't know if I really want to get involved in that. And then, uh, you know, this was a, a story, and and I saw it this morning. and You know, you don't think about everything. You try to. Uh, but one of the effects of the fact that the Chinese are not buying all the agricultural products from us Uh, According to, uh, this was CNBC uh, via Reuters, soybeans are starting to pile up. Uh, They're saying that uh, the storage for soybeans is almost full, that they're sitting on 2017 soybeans, and that there's an increase in the amount of soybeans in storage by 68%. That's, that's a lot of soybeans. Uh, they said they're, they are not shipping any contracts to move out the 2017s. That facilities uh, that get them to the ports in the Pacific Northwest, for an example, are not shipping either. Uh, they say the crop for this year, the 2018 crop being harvested, and they said that with the lack of storage, apparently they're saying that farmers uh, may have to store this stuff on the ground, which I guess that's a, you know, that's not good, right? They, they're not in the silos. They're saying they may have to bag them, and uh, they're they're they bringing back a bunch of soybean, I guess, storage facilities that have been mothballed, and they're saying that obviously the Trump tariffs. Uh, are to blame. And it's not just soybeans, I guess, uh, kidney beans and, so, and things of that nature. The, all, all the, I guess, the beans, uh, the storage facilities are full. Uh, and then on top of that, and again, another thing you don't think about, according to the Port of Long Beach, they're saying that their distribution center is approaching full capacity. And they say that uh, full there is hey once things are eighty five percent full and just to give you perspective, apparently they have one point eight billion billion square feet. I mean that's a that's a huge amount of footage. They said at eighty five percent full, they can't be efficient, right? Because everything's it's too crowded. Right, you got to remember, you know, these are big, you, you know, those big, huge metal containers that they're building uh, uh, apartment complexes with now. I mean, this is what we're talking about. So you got to have room, right? You got to have room to get the cranes and the forklifts and the whatever else in there. And they're saying that the uh, the port right now are about seventy-five to eighty percent of capacity, and that they're worried that. Everybody, I guess, what they're saying is everybody was trying to beat the tariffs, and and there's a bunch of stuff, and now nobody wants anything now. These things that you don't think about. Picture Radio News Hour. We'll see what Jim Cramer has to say next. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Again, we're waiting on an email now, uh, and, and we've been talking about this for weeks, and and how. Uh, product has disappeared. We had the... And again, you, we get these, right? We get these odd pullbacks on holidays where, you know, it, it obviously, uh, it's very easy to manipulate. We had that yesterday in gold and silver. They're coming back today. Uh, but just like I figured, everything disappears. Not that there was a lot out there, but we we had wholesalers telling us we sold everything everything and you know they got the 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 expensive not rare not unusual rare and unusuals uh, and for those of you that have been in the market you know what I'm talking about uh, but stuff it's gone uh, we're waiting on an email I, I've got my fingers crossed that that we're gonna have something. Uh, at least decent to uh, to run today, uh, but but not surprised, and especially with bond yields spiking. Uh, if this was a oh yeah the economy's so good type of rise, which is what some people are trying to tell you it is, right? Gold would be getting hammered right now. It's not. This is something very very different. Uh, and remember what I've been telling you. I've been telling you. Listen, this is more of a stagflationary event than anything else. And this is kind of part of the cycle. Listen, we had the uh, the deflation, if you will, of the Great Depression. We had the hyperinflation of the '70s. You know, and you you know, you think about it. That was that was about forty years. Now, Forty more years now. Now we're in the stagflationary cycle uh, of this round. And very, very predictable. And, of course, once again, the Federal Reserve can't see anything. And we're spending trillions of dollars and giving tax cuts and doing all, trying to pretend like we've got something going here. And, and, and pretend maybe too strong of a word because you know, things are better but at what cost. And I've been telling you and telling you and telling you, listen, get ready for this. We're going to slow. The problem with slowing is then the debts really start spiking. And for the last, what, six weeks, I've been telling you about this soft data, this quote-unquote survey data. And I've been telling you this is classic top sign. We hit record business confidence and all-time record high consumer confidence all-time record high manufacturing comments all-time record high and we see the dollar rally and stocks were rallying and everybody was clapping and cheering and remember the rest of the world has been slowing China slowing Japan well Japan's been slow forever Europe slowing, every emerging market's having trouble. And, and of course, we know this. Don't forget, Wall Street does not represent America. It doesn't. And today, for the first time, I finally heard them talk about there's been a major change. I wanted to bring it to you. Ramon, uh, play Jim Cramer.
1: The pastiche of industrialists and CEOs I deal with right now—everything from retail to oil and gas to steel—doesn't matter. It's bad. It changed. No, it and changed I, in the last six weeks. Yeah, and I think PPG, as you said last night, that, that scared me after hearing what you said yesterday and seeing that come down nine percent. What a out, disaster! The down 9%, at and in a way last week, night, they said there's good demand. To earnings season. Right. right. We're getting ready exactly. to go into earnings season. What are we going to see coming out of all? Thank of this? you. Yeah. I agree.
2: Exactly what I'm worried about, Becky. Would the not, intraday recovery important?
1: Uh, no. Because the uh, main part of what I was looking for a recovery was what you just mentioned, NASDAQ, which was mm-hmm. the highest growth stocks were the worst. Those are the stocks that do take it on the chin. If you think that we have coming inflation and coming high rates, that's typically what the algorithms say is you should sell. Uh, what I think with the industrials' turnaround was, frankly, uh, a bounce, an oversold bounce. I think that we'll hear from individual companies that things are not as good. Uh, I worry about the idea that there is a slowdown, and it's not just in housing, and we'll talk about PPG later, but that <laughs> is a true, broad indication of some weakness. We've got autos very weak. Uh, I'm, not, I'm actually starting to get concerned about retail, given the fact that oil, oil is up. Heating oil, which has accounted for being tame has now not tamed. So the consumer, yes, benefits from uh, tax reform other than a couple of states, Mm -hmm. but we're just not seeing what I'd like to see right now in terms of, I'm concerned about earnings. And the dollar, strong dollar, Wilf, you know know better than anyone, the strong dollar is a nightmare for a lot of our companies.
2: Although it has plateaued for the last month or so, it hasn't been taking clear impetus in either direction. In terms of the yield picture, Jim. Yes. Let's talk about that for a moment, because clearly uh, lots of headlines about the 10 year, seven year high, which sectors does it play into? Because we've had a slightly odd move of late where we've seen the likes of real estate and, uh, and utilities do well and banks do well as well, which is not well, typically when rates move. No, by.
1: somebody's right and somebody's wrong. Uh, one of the things that I think that people miss in terms of, of coverage is that there are many camps. There's a slowdown camp. There's a camp that says we're going to hit a wall. There's a hard landing camp. There's a soft landing camp. The camp that I am saying is, is that I think rates are trying to peak. When I say trying to peak, we obviously had a massive seller. People don't understand that everything is thinner. Now, the bond market is the most liquid market in the world, our bond market. But there's been a gigantic seller, and mm-hmm. we've not been able to absorb the supply. If we can stay here, a lot of that, by the way, is thank you, Jerome Powell, for saying, listen, everything that Janet Yellen did was out of the picture. We now have a strong economy, and just we have to just put our heads down and raise rates. Anytime you do that, it's very 2005, 2007, Wolf. It was discredited. And I really believe that Mr. Powell's going to walk back things. He's too thoughtful a man to just stay on autopilot. Autopilot means crash landing.
2: Is he influenced by the president? No. I think he's
1: influenced. I think he's just become less data dependent. And that's a shame because the data does not show.
2: Is he influenced by slowing? global growth outlook imf cutting its forecast i think that if
1: you ignore the imf which i've always regarded as doing some quality work mm-hmm. uh i think that you end up and you worked a, l- a long time with sarah i think that sarah would agree with me imf goes first still time.
2: still working very
1: much that's sarah. true you're back more than ever i shouldn't have said that that's when i'm busy booking for my show but you know that we have to take it seriously that they cut growth rate because it's been two years of kind of
2: Placid higher. But 3.9 to 3.7 for both 2018 and 2019. Inflection, Wilf. That's not bad. Well, Wilf, does it say that it's about to jump to 4.2? I mean, I
1: think that you have to take a
2: trajectory. U.S. maintained for 2018, slightly cut for 2019, 2.7 to 2.5. I I think that's right.
0: So think about now, a lot was said there. First, he kind of, well, he mocked Jay Powell. Hey, thanks, Jay. Thanks for those idiot comments. Because all the CEOs I talk to, things have changed. They've changed in the last six weeks. They're worried now. The strong dollar is killing us. Yeah? They talked about PPG. Some of you know, who's PPG? That's Pittsburgh plate and glass. They are a massive, massive company. They do they do all the coatings on on anything with metals, and I mean they're huge. They, they employ like fifty thousand people worldwide. I don't even know how many are still left in the U.S. Uh, a North American number. They got eighteen thousand employees here. Uh, they got you know, but they got employees everywhere. They came out with a huge miss. Third quarter earnings just started. Big miss. Remember, I warned you last week about how all these companies are warning, and now all of a sudden Jim Cramer says, hey, the soft data is getting ready to get soft. Talked about the IMF. The IMF came out yesterday and said, hey, you know what? We're a little too optimistic about growth coming into next year, and they cut it, world growth. They also cut U.S. growth, by the way, Not that, but it doesn't matter. And, of course, the guy's like, well, oh, it wasn't that much. But did you hear Jim's response, which was really perfect? He goes, it's not like they think it's going to go from 3.9 to 3.7 to 4.2. In other words, hey, this is how they do things. They're going to say 3.7 this month, and then around – November or December, they're going to say, hey, you know what, that was a little too high, 3.5, right? And then they're going to get into March and April and say, you know what, Uh, how about 3.3, right? And and it just keeps ratcheting down, ratcheting down, ratcheting down. And remember, that's a world number. They've already said, hey, the U.S., even the number we had, they're they're now well below 3 for 2019 in the U.S., uh, said that he thinks the Fed's blowing it, right? That Jay Powell doesn't think he needs to be data dependent. You heard the words. I wasn't me. Because literally, if you didn't hear him say that today, you're you're, you're sitting there going, well, what is he talking about the data? Center? The only one that says the data's bad is double. He's the only guy, and he's crazy. Right? He just wants to scare people. Gotta buy gold because it's scary. Yeah, you gotta buy gold because this is what's happening. Talked about the bond market, Ralph. Said, we've got a massive seller. Know what else he said? I don't know who it is. I'm not sure. Nobody knows yet. Who was it? I got a pretty good idea. gotta hold a lot of bonds to be able to move it. Gee, I wonder who it could be. Right? And you start really thinking about what he was talking about. Because what he was talking about yesterday, the Dow was down a couple hundred points. It actually closed up, I, I forget, 40, 50, not a lot, but it closed up. And he was like, that was bad. That was bad. It shouldn't have. It doesn't make me feel better. People aren't paying attention. And, and, and it's starting to really add up. He talked about gas, oil, oil's up big today, back above 75, and the news was really simple. The countries that that are trying to make the U.S. happy are cutting back Iranian, buying of Iranian oil, and now there's just not enough. I mean, pretty simple math. If waivers aren't given, we're going to see 80, 85, Something bad happened, you know, yesterday there was a, uh, I don't know if you saw it, a refinery in in Canada caught on fire, but there was an explosion there. Remember, we have these things from time to time, right? I mean, stuff happens. And and some of these things, if a bad thing happens, could we see 90? Yeah, we could see 100. Could. I hope not. But you start putting the pieces together. I'm going to give you an example. Like I said, we've entered into this stagflationary world. They don't get it yet. It's okay. They're going to come around. Okay, They're going to come around. I know they're, they're, they're really smart guys, and Gail, right? And they got their PhDs, and they know all about economic theory. And I'm just a guy that likes to dumb it down. You cannot have prosperity from a printing press for very long. And then when you use that printing press to get yourself out of a problem, you create it. And then try to tell everybody you fixed it. And then you try to normalize, and normalize not even really the word. We're nowhere close to normal. But you try to raise rates, this is what you're gonna get. Now, listen, we got a little reprieve. Give Trump credit; Trump gave us an extra year. That's all you got. He gave you an extra year. That year is essentially coming to a close, right? PP and G just told you. It's not good. There's a bigger slowdown here than everybody wants to talk about. It's not just about housing. It's not just about automobiles. There's a slowdown happening. And at the same time, they're in our back pocket, fleecing us. They don't even leave the lint in there anymore. How much does it cost to raise a child in America? I'm going to give you the number, and then the bad part is I'm going to tell you, wait 10 years. Take the radio news hour. We'll be back after the break.
3: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, Ed Martin. When the left resorts to digging up someone's uncle to smear him in the news, you know they're getting desperate. Yet that's exactly the pathetic length to which anti-Trump forces are going to to try to stop the most effective advisor in the White House. That advisor, Stephen Miller, has been the guiding light of President Trump's agenda to make America safe again after decades of illegal immigration and open borders. Miller is extraordinary in how he both writes Trump's speeches and gives him substantive advice on important issues. It has taken the media a while to recognize that the low-key speechwriter is the rock of Gibraltar in the White House amid the fake news storms. Miller stayed strong while House Speaker Paul Ryan and other sellouts on Capitol Hill demanded that Trump cave on DACA and other immigration controversies. Phyllis Schlafly praised Stephen Miller back when he was crafting immigration policy for then-Senator Jeff Sessions of Alabama. Miller authored detailed, highly effective reports against open borders, which Phyllis then distributed nationwide. Since then, Miller has guided Senator Sessions and then-President Trump on the issue, championing the needs of America against those who hate us around the world. Enter Dr. David S. Glosser, a retired neuropsychologist and Stephen Miller's uncle, who recently wrote an article highly critical of his nephew. It's unclear if Dr. Glosser actually knows Miller well enough to criticize him on a personal level. Instead, Glosser relies on how Miller's maternal grandmother immigrated through Ellis Island more than a century ago without being able to speak English. But those immigrants worked hard to learn English and assimilate fully into American society, and they raised their children to love America. There have been bigger leaps taken to try to undermine someone's credibility, but you'd be hard-pressed to find any this lacking. Stephen Miller is a patriot through and through, just like his ancestors who left their homes to become American. Here's a nugget for anyone seeking information about Miller's past. He quoted President Teddy Roosevelt in his high school yearbook. There can be no 50-50 Americanism in this country. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. What's the best way to rekindle the spirit of Phyllis Schlafly and the grassroots movement she energized? In this digital age, patriots and pro-family Americans can find insight and inspiration on our website, phyllisschlafly.com. Then, share your own heart and mind on social media. So join us at phyllisschlafly.com. And every weekday for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Eight
0: hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is our toll free number, and they're all trying to figure it out. <laughs> right? We're. What are we? Where are we? What idiot is it? It's late cycle, it's mid cycle, it's early cycle, it's this, it's that. Jim Cramer now saying, hey, j Powell, man, you got to take another look. Because the data you're looking at, ain't the data I'm looking at. And guess what? Six weeks ago, something changed. And all of a sudden, all my CEO buddies, they're not so optimistic anymore. Matter of fact, a lot of them are like, uh-oh, ee. Right? Who's to blame? Strong dollar? Uh, raising rates? Right? All, duh! Right? What did they think was going to happen? But remember, that's a, an ancillary thing. Here's what's happened. They've created all of these hundreds of trillions of dollars. I mean, it's massive. They've papered the whole world full of debt. Here we are allegedly, well, you know, trying to hold on to the greatest country on earth. And we spent 1.2 something trillion, whatever let's call it, rounded up 1.3 trillion dollars more than we took in last year remember this month starts the new fiscal year the best the best number that I see for next year 1. 1.6 1. 1.7 somewhere in that air that's the best one 2020 two trillion. And it only goes up from there. And I again, remember, I try to dumb it down for it because it's too complicated. Let me give it to you in this term. Think about the story about the farmers. We just talked about it earlier in the program about the soybeans, right? What did they say about the about the beans? Boy, we got a lot of these, <laughs> right? <laughs> Hey, and all the storage that we had, it's all filled up. Matter of fact, stuff that storage places that we had closed, we've had to reopen, and they're filled up. And now the new crop's coming in, and there's no room for it. And the farmers are going to have to put it in bags and put it on the ground. Which means what? Right, they're gonna rot, right? The 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 insects get into it, the rain, the elements, whatever you want to call it, right? And and we know what happened, and what's happened to prices? Plummeting, right? I know Donald Trump says they're right, they're not. They're at soybean prices are a ten-year low. This is the same thing, except we didn't do it with soybeans. We did it with debt. And we put it everywhere. The Chinese are full. The Japanese are full. The Europeans are full. The emerging markets are full. Right? All the storage place is full. Now, the problem is the new crop's coming in. And we got to keep selling it. More and more and more. Now all of a sudden, the interest that we got to pay to sell it keeps creeping up, and all the debt that's already out there. See, and the soybeans I gets cheaper, the debt gets more expensive. And Jim Cramer said it: "Well, oh, this strong dollar's got to go. It's got to go." It's going to go. And everything just keeps costing you more and more and more. In other words, your soybeans are, is the money you got in the bank. Your soybeans is your paycheck. Your soybeans is your 401K. Your soybeans are your IRA. Now, according to Merrill Lynch, It cost $230,000 just to get your kid to high school. (laughs) Well, through it. If you want to to send them to college, that's not included. They said uh, the high cost has caused more parents to weigh finances into their decisions on whether to have a child or not. According to the numbers, in 1970, the year I was born, only one in three parents used finances in their decision whether or not to have a child, because it wasn't that expensive, relatively. Today, three out of every four people surveyed said, yeah, I'll tell you right now, me and my wife, we would have had more kids. We would have. They're too expensive. They're saying now, Merrill Lynch says, parents are spending more money on their kids as they age. In other words, right? You used to be like, oh, I can't wait to get them out of diapers and off formula. It'll get cheaper now. Merrill uh-uh. Adjusting for inflation. So the numbers I'm going to give you are actually a lot lower than this when they were happening. The average weekly child care cost was $84 in 1985. They said in (laughs) in 2011, it was $143.00. And rising. And again, remember all of these numbers, uh, again, right, adjusted for it. So they were never really that high. And now, Lynch says, hey, listen, they're going up rapidly. Pre education costs 18% of the total cost of raising a kid now. Pre education. And co- I should say, pre college education. And boy, they got that. I, I think that's low. You know what it was in 1960? Two percent. Right? You had to give your kid a nickel. Right? And probably didn't even have to give right had to give him a couple pennies. Remember going through the lunch line when you were a kid and you had those little cartons of milk? I remember. The white milk carton was four cents. If you wanted chocolate milk, you had to go to five cents. Now, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't even want to tell you what you got to pay for lunch at school. Pick your Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. 800 nine five one zero five nine two. You know what I'm laughing? 2% for your pre-college education 1960. Now they're saying... It's almost 20%. Think about it. You can't go to school. You got to bring, even at the public school, right? You got to bring in paper towels, baby wipes, uh, all the Kleenex, janitorial supplies. I mean, you used to show up to school and know what you had. I mean, you're on your me. You know, you got your little backpack. You had... Couple of folders, couple of notebooks, and some pencil. That was it. I remember when I was in elementary school, the school actually provided the paper. You didn't even bring the paper. You gotta, that's the only Copy paper. You ought to bring it all in there. How about this one? Right, and again, remember, there's no inflation. Oh, trust me, it's coming. When I was 23 years old I got a job as an assistant store manager at a drugstore chain. Okay. My pay was $26,000. And I thought I was rich. By the way, in 6 months I got promoted and 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 my pay went up but twenty six grand. My health insurance was free. Yeah, free. Didn't take a single dime out of my che- paycheck for health care. If I had to go to the doctor, it was $5. If I needed a prescription, $5. That was my health care. According... Uh, Who who is this? Well, they got a big old picture of Warren Buffett. CNN business. Employers and workers together are spending close to $20,000 for health care insurance in 2018. According to Kaiser Family Foundation, of course, Kaiser major healthcare company. Although premiums have increased fairly modestly in recent years, I don't know whose whose premiums they're talking about. The growth has far outpaced workers' rate wages and raises over time. In other words, go back twenty years. Every single dollar in raises that you got wiped out by one thing. Forget about everything else. The average family premium, now this is not the Obamacare, because that's even more, has increased 55% since 2008. Twice as fast, as any wages in three times as fast as inflation well of course why cuz they lie about inflation companies are picking up fourteen thousand dollars a year and workers are making up the rest by the way you're six grand you're shelling out and I don't know who only pays six grand I, I don't so these are family plans. I don't know. No family I know pays that little. That's up 65% from 10 years ago. So it's even higher. Not 55%, 65%. Single cover premiums have reached $6,900 on average. Uh, and you pay 1200 bucks. I guess, if you're single. I don't know. Can't tell you about that. They said that deductible, so on top of this, and this is the part I can tell you, deductibles are ridiculous. Remember, five bucks is what I paid 25 years ago. Right now, my deductibles, when I go to see the doctor, 35 to 50 bucks. Right, and I don't. All of you out there, you get, I don't even prescriptions. I don't even know. I, I don't have any, but I don't know. But I know this: they're about the same. Deductibles continuing to b- burn a deeper hole in workers' pockets. Again, they're not even leaving the lint in there anymore. The average deductible now stands at 1350 bucks. Think about that. That's a year. You're selling out $1,300 a year just for the deductibles. Now, here's the part that really gets me. That's up 212% from 2008. Where is all that money coming from? Eight times faster than your wages. They didn't even tell you. They don't even want to tell you how many times faster than inflation. What, 12 times? More workers are now subject to deductibles than ever before. 85% of workers have to have deductibles a decade ago. It was only at fifty nine percent a decade ago. I know two decades ago, mo- mo- most people didn't have deductibles. You just went, like I said, maybe it was five bucks. Twenty five percent of all workers now face just deductibles of two thousand dollars or more. I mean, heaven forbid, right? You got a condition, you got something going on, you got to go to the to the doctor. Regularly, this is just what happened. Don't worry though, they can't see it. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment Eight hundred nine five one 9510592. That is uh, the toll free number. Uh, the Dow is now down. Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, down 75 right now. Gold's up uh, a little over $3, $4, uh, $1,188 in change. Silver's up about $0.10, cents, just under 14 dollars uh today. Here's what we've got. Limited quantities. We've got rolls of dimes, right? That's 50 silver dimes in a roll. They're at $60.00. We have some rolls of quarters at a hundred and twenty dollars, both here and in Colorado. I will tell you, premiums on junk bags on junk silver just rose about forty cents overnight. So these these are stuff that we had left over. Rolls of dimes at sixty cents, rolls or at sixty cents <laughs> at sixty bucks. But, you know, feel you know what? Well, hey, you know, I'll do it. you know. 40 years ago, they, you know, that's what it was. So, rolls of dimes at 60. Rolls of quarters. So quarters, you get $10 face value. 40 quarters at 120. I do have, I still have some 20s. Listen, all of these 20s, they're going to be somewhere between XFs and AUs. And I'm going to not touch the price. So twelve ninety five. but you're getting a better, you know, I guess, you know, what I'll say, is a better-looking coin. It, it, who cares? You want to buy gold for gold. Twenty-dollar gold piece is twelve ninety-five. Dimes at sixty dollars a roll. Quarters at one hundred and twenty dollars a roll. At eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is the toll-free number. And you heard it from somebody else today. Jim Cramer on CNBC this morning. Something changed four to six weeks ago. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, that's right. I was already telling you that. Something's changed. Jay Powell, you need to change your tone. The dollar is killing us. You need to stop raising rates. I don't know what data you're looking at. Apparently, you're no longer data dependent, and according to Jim Cramer, you need to be course again this is a classic sign we've got that bubble mentality i've been telling you about it for a while get ready right start adding again add 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 2019 is going to be a much tougher year don't forget about housing Right and I haven't given you know what I gave you the Denver story every day this week they're everywhere now every place that was talking about from Silicon Valley to New York City to Seattle to Texas to Florida to to Colorado and Arizona everybody's lowering price everybody what an inventory's rising in other words nothing's selling Automobiles. I just saw a thing on automobiles. Like no more zero percent. That's all gone too, right? Everything you know, you know, just cost more. Don't worry though; the Fed will tell you it isn't. Picture Radio News Hour eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. We'll be back tomorrow.